My first podcast episode ever took an interview my dear friend Bob Doherty videotaped with my son, Mike Funk, a couple of months before Mike died in 2002. I took the soundtrack of that VHS tape and overlaid a chat I recorded with Bob in 2018. Bob and my unusual deep relationship began when he was my boss at St. Peter's Addiction Recovery Center. Listen to last week's episode for a brief description of some of the work we did together. My wife and I became dear friends with Bob. Bob died on August 3rd of complications of stomach cancer. I grieve. Welcome to Health Hats, the podcast. I'm Danny Van Leeuwen, a two-legged cisgender old white man of privilege who knows a little about a lot of health care and a lot about very little. We will listen and learn about what it takes to adjust to life's realities in the awesome circus of health care. Let's make some sense of all of this. Bob and I first met when he interviewed me for a job. I asked him for his references. He laughed. Bob had a great laugh. And he gave me a couple of references that I called. Bob's a good guy, can be challenging, doesn't suffer fools gladly. Bob loved to tell that story whenever he could. Bob said to me as his director of quality management, You're in the difficult position in that you're the conscience of the company and you want to be liked. How do you navigate that? He also said I was an acquired taste. I told that story as often as I could. Bob was a breath of fresh air. Here's a brief clip of Bob that reveals a lot. Bob was talking about Mike. He was enthusiastic about life. He was hopeful about the moment, appreciative of all around him. He had a view of the world that was an old man's view, value. He didn't mention property, money, didn't even mention sadness. He talked about connection, contribution, appreciation of his life as it is exactly. And his uh, connection with all around him, including his girlfriend. And it was rather startling to uh, hear that again from a person so well formed philosophically or grasping of life in the way that we would all like to. I think we all struggle with life's meaning and direction. And he had the meaning down, which was appreciating each other without any overarching religious philosophical commitment that was in any way jarring. He just understood and appreciated his own and other people's lives. So I consider that value, the value of Danny Van Lewis and Anne and what they bring to the world and shared. Mike, by the way, was a wayward adolescent 
when he arrived at Danny's house, and he said, I just liked the environment, so I never left. <laughs> and it was okay with them. He said, <laughs> it, was, it was like a fairy tale. Here is a young, vibrant, thinking, and a bright guy having gotten to a point in his life of satisfaction. I'm now 74 years old, and I'm getting closer to it, but I'm not quite where he was, which is uh, greatly appreciating it every day. It was, it was wonderful to know him, and it was nice to experience that love is transferable and very special. This week, I've pondered grief. That sounds so removed, as if I didn't feel it. But my pattern is feel and take a 30,000-foot view when I can. My activism, my podcasting, my empathy, my sanity depends on feeling in partnership with perspective. So I grieve the loss of Bob today, which triggers grief of loss of my son Mike and other loved ones who've died. Grief is a barely controlled, mostly uncontrollable opening of your heart. When open, emotion flows in and flows out. You can't help it. I try to deconstruct the stew of grief when I ponder grief. I can see bits of Mike, my dad, my Uncle Leon, Another boss turned friend, Jim Bulger, my mom, my sister-in-law Peggy, when I grieve for Bob. During my meditative attempt to deconstruct that grief, I saw a bit of stew flow by that looked like grief for myself. We often hear of grief of loss of others, and less often grief of loss of self. Loss of self can be functional emotional, spiritual. I realize that I grieve my MS progression. If you followed my podcast, you'll know of my challenges with deteriorating function. It's harder to walk, harder to play my sax. I have some despondency. How can you separate immediate grief, past grief, and self-grief? Recognizing grieving loss of self in yourself, and you'll see it everywhere. Loss of identity, loss of purpose. This week alone, I see that loss of self in people with chronic pain and long COVID, with displaced persons throughout the world, with families breaking up physically, emotionally, and spiritually, new diagnoses, dashed dreams, dramatic changes in financial standing. Gosh, it's everywhere. Now a word about our sponsor, Abridge. Use Abridge to record your doctor visit. Push the big pink button and record the conversation. Read the transcript or listen to clips when you get home. Check out the app at abridge.com, A-B-R-I-D-G-E.com, or download it on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Record your healthcare conversations. Let me know how it went. Music.
grieve my loss of self. I realize that I've lost a piece of me. I'm 69, yet the little 8-year-old Danny Van Leeuwen still lives in there somewhere. I don't feel like I've lost that core little boy. One function, okay, several functions, gone or lessened. But I've adapted before and I can adapt again. My team still assists, maybe a bit more than I prefer, but whatever. Adapt again. The hardest loss is loss of spirit, that pathological optimism. I get help with that first. Much rests on the foundation of spiritual health. While Mike was dying, my grief counselor said, manage the stress you can so you can live through the stress you can't manage. Grief is such stress. Gotta respect its place and let her rip. Well, Robert, my friend, you made a difference for your family, my family, and your communities. See you around the block. Let's end with this clip. So your wife, Marianne, died not that long after Mike died. And, yes. and I, I'm wondering about, I know they're very different experiences, but death is death. And I'm wondering about how, I mean, you were as, for not being a member of my immediate family, you were as involved in the experience of him being sick and dying as anybody and and I wonder I just I've always wondered about how that how or if that may have affected how you experienced Marianne's death wow that's a pretty I need to think a little more about it, but I think the experiences are identical and that death is death. It's so stunning and final. My wife died from an aneurysm and it uh, took 18 hours from the beginning of the event to her loss of life. So it was a quick bang, tremendous instant change. But they were the same in that the ultimate result of grief and loss is an appreciation uh, of what you experience in being alive and connected to that person. And in summary, it's gratitude. And I have accomplished that with my wife and with Mike. I, I was able, fortunately, to never personalize the experience. Her death was her death. I didn't wrap myself in cloth and ashes and feel sorry for myself. I was traumatized. I had to learn to live my life in an entirely different way. But uh, somehow I never felt resentful. And I watched Danny go through this process. He reached out for counseling help as Mike was sick and sicker. And I did the same. Within four days of her death, I was asking EAP for a referral to grief counseling, and I went to a group setting, grief counseling. And But throughout Mike's experience, as heartbreaking as it was, and it was extremely heartbreaking, 
I never felt Danny shaking his fist at the sky or at the gods or at the world. And I didn't either. So there was a commonality there. We both didn't personalize the loss to some injustice. We accepted life as it was going on. And we came very quickly to appreciate the power of the person that we loved. So there was that commonality. I also uh, had an initial feeling when my wife said, how can people just be driving around and shopping? <laughs> Don't they know that the world stopped? And I, I felt that with Danny. That I remember one day, shortly before Mike died, Danny was just trying to do the best he could in all areas. And he told me he was sorry about not being as attentive at work as he had been. <laughs> and we sat, I think we were out in the hall, and there was a bench there. And we sat down. Well, I was in the hospital. And, and Danny cried. And it was appropriate to cry. And we sat there, and he cried a little. I might have joined them with a little quiet fear. And we were just two men together, coping with life as life was taking us. And I remember Mike's funeral. It was a particularly sad event because it was so freaking young and vital. But his contributions to life can be seen on that video. It's remarkable that a young man, particularly a guy with some rejection in his family of origin, managed to accomplish at his young age. So that's how it was. We were appropriately sad at the moment. We didn't blame the world for a tragic life. We we managed the way we best could, and our best was pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's much more to be said about it. Uh, I was thinking this morning, I was talking to Anne, Anne's my wife, and I was talking to Anne, and I was thinking that my now I have this mission of empowering people as they travel together toward best health. And I realized that health is physical, mental, and spiritual. And that while Mike was dying, he got stronger and stronger spiritually. And that was fascinating to watch. And really, he got stronger mentally first because he wasn't so strong mentally before he was sick. But then, in I think in his last year, that philosophical, he really got centered. And I think that really, that made a difference for all of us. I think his accomplishments philosophically or spiritually were stunning. They were stunning. And I think it fulfilled both the true course of life as to what's important. But I think from your intellectual Jewish tradition, uh, he was uh, the exemplar, the star, the, the person who understands and produces within that understanding a communication to the world to those immediate to him, but the whole world. And I think he represents 
your life direction there. Just as you and I shared the quality of good services and the rational management. We tried to manage in a way that was human and we didn't ask people to do more than they should have or could have, but we got we asked them to do the best we could. And that's what Mike did and that's what you did. From the moment you met him, and with my wife now, my wife was a second wife. We were married about 22 years. I never had any regrets. And your relationship with Mike, as far as I know, had no regrets. Welcoming, it was all on the positive side of human connection and growth. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what to say? Are you crying again? <laughs> we know how to live, Danny. We yeah. Know how to live. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have given this up for anything. It was wonderful. The whole thing was wonderful. Painful, wonderful. Yes, life is wonderful. It's got some rough edges, that's for sure. But for those of us that try to walk the earth and make it a little better, we know how to live. Buddy, thank you so much. Oh, you're more than welcome. I love you. I love you too, my friend. Thanks to Kayla Nelson, web and social media coach, and Joey Van Leeuwen, musician and arranger. See the show notes, previous podcasts, and other resources through my website, www.health-hats.com. Please subscribe and contribute. If you like it, share it. Thanks. See you around the block. 